Today is March 29th, 2020, and uh, if you're listening to this now or at some point in the future, you can probably surmise that this is the time period of the unprecedented coronavirus or COVID-19. I'm here in New York City. Um, 33 years old, I work for New York Public Library, and I've been, uh, you know, kind of struggling with how I feel about this crisis, and past four or five nights have been unable to sleep in the weirdest way. It's like I'm, I'm very tired, and I start to drift off to sleep, and then I kind of jolt awake with all these weird headlines and media quotes in my head. Um... Some of them I probably heard during the day. Some of them are probably made up somewhere in my subconscious. And so kind of sitting here listening to uh, some uh, some Arabic music and uh, decided to start trying to do something with these thoughts so that I might be able to sleep better. And writing takes a long time sometimes. <laughs> and I get a little obsessive over the words and the letters. So I thought maybe I would do audio. Uh, but really, you know, I think what's been really challenging about this is that there's just nothing to compare it to. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not a natural disaster. It's not a security threat. We're not in a time of war. Uh, it's not a snow day. But it kind of has elements of all those things with one big, I mean, those things kind of get to the fringes of... <clears throat> the heart of what this is. And then there's this sort of huge vacuum in the center, right? It's just one big question mark. So I think that's been hard, right? Because there's nothing to, we can't say, oh, we did this before. Uh, You know, somebody could say Spanish flu, but that's obviously outside of modern memory for a lot of us. Uh, So that's, that's weird. And then there's also, there's no timeline, right? So I don't know if this is gonna, you know, I'm, I'm in my apartment right now, in Astoria, Queens, and just kind of, I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this. Is this going to be another month? Is this going to be six months? Is it going to be a year? It's just like, it's like you're, it's like you're floating in the middle of the ocean, right? And you're looking around for land, but there's just nothing there. Uh, And sometimes it feels more intense than that at night, I guess, when I can't sleep. It's like, it's like I've been thrown out of a building, right? And I'm falling. There's just nothing, nothing to grab onto. But, you know, I also have to say, you know, my situation is, my situation is unique. I, I had just moved to New York City on February 18th to start a new job from D.C. My wife stayed behind in, uh, in D.C. and she was going to join me in June. And um, I was staying temporarily with my sister. And then uh, all of this, all this happened, right? <laughs> so... Now there's there's social distancing. There's um, you know, not being able to leave the house, uh, but then also my wife is is down in D.C. She's quarantined by herself, and I just started this job. And I you know part of me is kind of thinking that you know I could I'm working remotely, but I don't have a ton to do, and I just feel like if I asked to go to D.C. to be quarantined with my wife, so that she's not alone. What if they, you know, what if down the line they want to make layoffs or cuts if this goes on? Cause like I said, there's no timeline. 
uh, and they they're like, okay, well, this guy's this guy just started. He's not doing that much. We have to cut somebody. He just started, so let's get rid of him. It seems like he's still attached to DC anyway, which I know is unrealistic, right? That's probably not conceivable, but maybe it's just the heightened anxiety. But then I think of her down there by herself. Uh, and it and it it's just like I feel like I'm stuck, right? And I can tell she's lonely, and you know I'm lucky my sister's here. I'm actually living in the apartment I lived in when I briefly lived in New York City back in 2012. So eight years ago, somehow at the last second, when I had to leave my sister's place, I was going to do a sublease, and this COVID stuff was ramping up. The room I lived in as a 25 year old opened up, and so here I am. Uh, in this older building, um, you know, beggars can't be choosers, but it does leave some things to be desired. Uh, and just kind of like living in this small room that I lived in eight years ago and, and going from day to day. <clears throat> you know, like I said, I'm privileged. I, I'm still getting paid. I've been trying to use this time for being better, right? Taking advantage of all the things that I've never done or the things I wish I could do more of. So, I read a lot more. I practice uh, Spanish. I'm trying to get better at Spanish. I read books I've already read, like old favorites in Spanish, to practice them. I exercise every day. Uh, and then also there's well, the weird thing too has been like a lot of a lot of friends want to catch up on video. And I, I feel like that's kind of weird, right? Because part of me wants to really use this time to be better and become a better person. And it's like, no, I we don't normally talk on the phone, why would we just talk on video now? Like, I don't want to do a virtual happy hour necessarily. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I do. I'd like to do one, like, you know, once once or twice a week. But I feel like, I mean, the other night I was doing this, I was doing, like, video happy hour for four hours straight. And that just makes me feel weird. And, like, I'm not taking advantage of this time, right? And then I'm like, oh, God, I'm, I'm only in a position to take advantage of this time because I have all this privilege and it's kind of this weird black hole, I guess you could say. Being in New York has been really weird. I feel like all the apocalyptic movies, like I Am Legend and um, War of the Worlds, right? Some alien attack fucking attacks the world and the main character lives in New York City, right? Um, so I've been going through, walking through the city a lot and going for runs and it's just, it's dead. And that's very strange and surreal. Uh, and I think, you know, just trying to think about this timeline that I said I can't figure out, it's sort of, I mean, there's a couple of things I've been thinking about with this. The first one is, you know, I'm not a fan of the current administration. I'm going to put it that way. I don't like our president. Uh, and one of the reasons I don't like him is he's got this anti-fact anti-science playbook, right? And I thought with this, I was like, okay, you're not going to be able to do it this time. This isn't Ukraine. This isn't Russia. This isn't climate change. Uh, you, people are dying. There's no way you can you can try and cover that up. But I'm seeing that. You know, I'm seeing putting our economy opposite public health on a scale, right? As if it's a dichotomy. Oh, we need to balance between public health and our economy. Well, people just got to get back to work. But you know, even if you were, I mean, first of all, that's that's insanely insensitive uh, and inhumane. But okay, fine. That's not how business decisions are made. Let's say I give you that. Um, but then even if you were this cold-hearted business person who only cared about profits, 
wouldn't it be bad for profits to keep doing this? Because the method that we've chosen in the United States to address this is social distancing. You know, other countries, China, South Korea, Iceland, what they did was, you know, as soon as somebody had the virus, they quarantined that person immediately. And they had the resources and the test to test that person immediately. And so they were able to track these people, the cases, and then just eradicate it. But we're not doing that at all, right? We have neither the interest nor the capacity to, to take that approach. And, you know, some of that is, oh, we're a democracy and uh, China and South Korea are dictatorships. I mean, Iceland is not a dictatorship. So I don't buy that, that we just can't get people to do this. Um, and so we're not using that method. We're using social distancing. So this is all about, oh, let's flatten the curve. But once we flatten the curve, if the only method we have to fight this is social distancing, the curve could just unflatten again. I mean, the flattening the curve is on a point of no return. Um so that's really concerning to me because let's say that we do do social distancing and things die down. Well, once we relax it, because we don't know who has it, we haven't been tracking who has the cases, it could just come right back. And if it's in other countries, it could just come here the same way it came from other countries before. So I don't understand that. The other thing that's really scary is pandemics are real. I mean, people get them from animals and animals have millions of diseases we don't even know what they are. We have no idea what they are. And some person somewhere eats a snake or a rat or a bat or a other animal that rhymes. I guess I could have said cat. Um, and that's that's their prerogative. But a disease we don't know about could come again. What if it's much more intense than the coronavirus? So I'm thinking about all this stuff. I guess this is what's keeping me up at night. I just don't. It's just that sense of being lost. Everything is just lost. The current crisis feels lost. And then trying to look ahead to maybe another crisis down the road, I also feel lost. Um, so that's been hard. But, you know, I think I'm still doing my best, you know, every day. Like I said, you know, I'm talking to my wife as much as I can. I try and get down there every two weeks. Um, I'm trying to stay in touch with friends, but trying to balance it with with things I want to do too, because what if later on I'm like, oh man, there's a lot I could have done that I didn't do. So I guess that's all I got for this first entry. It's a bit dark, but I think uh, I'll see if it helps me sleep a little bit better tonight.